Welcome to Spiritual and Empowerment Living with international speaker, spiritual mentor, and best-selling author, Tia Johnson, as she discusses spiritual and women's empowerment topics to assist you in igniting your spirituality and empowering your quality of life. Let's welcome your host, Tia Johnson. Hello and welcome, spiritual trailblazers. Welcome to episode 137, Bossing Up, Harnessing Hunger, and Creating Success with Samantha Chris. So before we dive into that topic with our wonderful guest, you know it, I'm going to talk a little bit about gratitude. And here's what I would love for you to do. I want you to write a letter, okay, to an influencer And when I say influencer, I mean someone who just influenced your life. It could be someone immediate, your coach, um, your sister, whomever. Just write them a nice little letter and give it to them, just expressing how much they mean to you, how they helped you, all, all of that greatness, okay? So write a letter to someone today. Give them a nice surprise. Speaking of gratitude, I would appreciate it if you rate and review this show on iTunes because that helps amazing spiritual trailblazers like yourself to find the show, all right? And if you have an aha moment or there's something that you would like me and Samantha to talk more on, there are two ways you can let that be known. You can send an email to podcast at tiamariejohnson.com or you can let me know on Instagram. I always post an image or an audio, and it will stay in the description, new episode alert, post it there. My Instagram is Tia underscore Johnson underscore. So February is Expect Success Month. And I I want us to expect success in our bossing up abilities, and Samantha is going to help us with that. So let me introduce you to her. Samantha Chris is a success, success coach, author, and speaker, She is also the founder of Bossing Up Movement, which empowers people to elevate their inner boss and create opportunities for success. Samantha's rich marketing background and business acumen has helped grow entrepreneurs and their businesses alike. Her proprietary way of goal setting and ability to help people and projects realize their full potential has shaped her into a true agent for change. Make sure you go and visit her website at samanthachris.com, which I will post in the description for this episode. Samantha, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Tia. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So for those of you who don't know, Samantha and I met in Ghana. We went on the trip that she talked about in her book to uh, help entrepreneur women. Yeah, it seems like forever ago, life is just different on the side of the pond. Yes, <laughs> quite. So you wrote this amazing book called Bossing Up and Guys. You really have to get this book. I mean, I was just telling you how before we started recording that I was highlighting sections of her book. I mean, it's it's really, really good. And Thank so you. Uh, no problem. And for those who don't know about the book yet, can you uh, explain to them your your inspiration behind creating Bossing Up? Sure. So this is like one of my favorite topics. I absolutely can. (laughs) Um, So I actually had an idea for a different book, but the intention to write a book was something that was on my bucket list. And when I started my business, um, I had a success coach or a business coach of my own, and I actually still work with one. Um, But the woman that I initially met with had told me, 
you know, this is a really great way to set yourself apart from other coaches because anyone and everyone can call themselves a coach, but not everyone can call themselves an author or will put in the time to put, you know, this labor of love together. And so if you're going to do this, keep your business in mind. And whatever you put out as your first book, make sure that it really speaks to the audience that you'd love to have in your vortex, the customers you want to attract, the people you want to attract in your life. And the idea that I had for the first book actually didn't fit the bill. So I hit the drawing board and I was like, what am I going to write about? Because I really want to do this. I have this hunger and I want to ask now. So literally put Bristol boards on my wall and started this mind map with my Sharpies. And I thought, what do I know enough about (laughs) to write a book on that would actually provide value? And I looked at my accomplishments and my skill set and what I, you know, have been able to achieve. And my aha moment was seeing it come together, connecting those dots. And what I saw on my wall was that I had, or I earned rather, five promotions in five years. I had doubled my salary in that time and was at the very beginning of starting what was a successful coaching practice of my own. And it wasn't by accident. So I started to distill, you know, everything that I was working on and how I got to where I was and how I achieved those things. And it really came down to my proprietary way of goal setting. And I thought, this is it. This is what I need to share with the world because I'm just a regular gal with regular skill sets. And I've got this outlook on life that has significantly impacted my, you know, the course of my future for the better. And I want to share that with the world. So that's what sparked the book. Um, The book is really heavily based on how that goal methodology really contributed to my growth as a person, as well as my career. Yeah, that's beautiful. And actually I want to also um, read the uh, definition you have for uh, bossing up, because I thought it was really cool, and that's one of the, one of the first things I highlighted, and I really want to ring it home for people, because um, just as you said, you know, as you were explaining the the thought process for your book, I believe that we have to go through a lot of thought processes in order to really figure out what we need and what we want if you want to go on this bossing up journey, at least that's how I looked at it. So when I read the definition, I was just like, okay, yeah, this, this is good. <laughs> this is really good. So let me pull it up here. The act of harnessing your hunger and creating success. A true boss knows their worth, wants him or her and others to succeed, and does whatever it takes to make it happen. When I was reading your book, I felt like I was on the journey with you <laughs> and I, I want people to know she has done some amazing things and has experienced experienced some amazing things where you're talking about bungee jumping and swimming with the sharks like oh my gosh but wait she made it I know this because <laughs> I have seen her <laughs> so uh, with that being said you what I loved about your journey is that you were hitting the reset button as if it was just like something you had to do. It, it seemed like you didn't hesitate. It seemed like you just knew that's what had to be done. So was that your exact thought process that I just, I know I had to do this? 
and, and yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I have hit the reset button more than a couple times. And fortunately, I think that um, change doesn't come so easily to a lot of people. Change is something that I rather embrace. But, you know, it's easier said than done. And it sometimes I was able to flip that switch really easily and say, this, this just isn't working. Got to cut this out and try something new. And other times it was really an internal battle and it took some reflection and some soul searching. And I really had to listen inward and not just listen, but hear what I was telling myself. And it took a minute to, to really come to terms with how I was feeling and how it was impacting me um, in various ways and various aspects of my life. And so yeah, sometimes it came easily, other times not so much, but all the time I, I recognized that something had to change and um, I, I looked at what it would take to get that change in place. And once I had that broken out and I realized what I needed to do, it made it a little more tangible and a little less scary. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot, especially when you were saying, once I realized I, I knew what I had to do, because as you were saying in your book, and Ashley wrote this note down, uh, the success stoppers and I have here is not a bad thing. And uh, you were saying in, in that chapter, whether you require a change of heart, a change of priorities or a change of perspective, perspective, I can't talk perspective, <laughs> something's got to give. And I thought, wow. Yeah. So in your practice, how many times do you uh, come across someone where they're just like, okay, I know something has to happen, but I don't know what. A lot of times, honestly. Uh, I think we are our biggest roadblocks, and we are the ones to really get in our own way. And especially when it comes to entrepreneurship, um, we are biggest critics, right? And we're hard on ourselves, and it helps us to push ourselves and to be better, but it can also hinder us as well. And uh, it's very common for the people that I work with and the people within my network to say, you know, this, this, what is the business model or this relationship or where I'm at, like, I'm just feeling stuck and I know something's got to change. And oftentimes with some coaching or just good conversations, they often have the answers. And it's a matter of getting that out and asking yourself some uncomfortable questions and being willing to actually hear what it is you're telling yourself and whether that manifests in physical symptoms or you know feelings or emotionally uh, perhaps uh, mentally you're not you know as on the ball you're not as sharp or you're just tired they will surface in different ways but your body and your heart and your mind are trying to tell you something and when you listen to it um, it starts to make sense yeah I I think that's so important and once we begin to listen, a lot of things start to fall in place. But, yeah, it's, it still isn't easy. And it's almost as if we have to have those symptoms in order for us to say, okay, all right, I will do now really extremely what it takes because it's just so prevalent in my life that I cannot ignore this anymore. Right. I think that's fair. And, and so it was um, – I, I like how – you were talking about listening to yourself and I wrote bossing up isn't about being bossy. And I think that 
more times than not, I have seen this where when someone wants to boss up in their life, they want to do all these great things, they get labeled. And then it, it causes some people to revert back and not listen to themselves. So what are some tips you can give people to help them snap themselves out of, I don't want to be bossy, but I want to boss up? So I might be jumping ahead here by talking about the goal setting uh, methodology, but it really helped me because the real goal methodology helps anchor what it is you want to do to your why. And dissimilar to, you know, the smart goal methodology or any other methodology you might be familiar with, a lot of those are very cognitive in nature. So they go straight for your brain and they say, okay, you want to do this, what is it going to take? Go. But what it's lacking is this emotional connection. And at the heart of it, we set goals because we want to feel a certain way, whether that's happiness, whether that's successful, um, relaxed, or perhaps more busy, we want to feel a certain way. And so we set goals and ambitions to help us achieve that. And by leaving that out of the process, you are very easily able to put that goal aside because at that point, it's just a checklist. But by adding that emotion and by setting your goals and, and so real stands for um, it's an acronym it stands for resonant empowering actionable and lucrative and when you set a goal that resonates with you that empowers you every time you look at it you realize why you're doing it it's broken down into the appropriate actions and you see what you stand to gain by looking at how it is lucrative for you not your business partner not your family but for you you really start to get emotionally invested. And when you think, oh, man, I'm starting to sound bossy or look bossy or perhaps people are going to perceive me wrong, if your actions and your intentions roll up to how this resonates with you and how it is anchored to your why, it won't matter. And if it does, you have built out your goal enough that you could look at it and say, oh, yeah, this is why I'm doing it. And let them think what they're going to think because this is for me. And this is what I stand to lose if I don't do it. Mm, yeah, this is what I stand to lose if I don't do it. Mm-hmm. Very powerful. Yeah, I, I just believe that um, if if we don't make that decision and be comfortable with that, or even if we're slightly uncomfortable because we don't know the outcome, but if we don't make the time to make that decision, then, yeah, we do have a lot to lose. And what I have noticed is that a lot of people, as you were saying, it's not about the the family members, it's you at this point. I think a lot of people focus on the outer more so than the inner, and then everything gets misconstrued. I mean, it it happens all the time, and not just in goal setting in life, right? Like, we've got people who are dependent on us, whether it's our family or our teams or our partners. And I'm not suggesting that we don't think of them, but rather, you know, goal setting is very personal. And when you're ready to set an intention for yourself, it's okay to put yourself first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and absolutely, absolutely. And so, and and I know I've been jumping around because I just wrote like uh, notes from one chapter and I want that to reference another one. <laughs> I, just, I just have so many. <laughs> like, I am really excited to talk about this book, guys. So uh, another one, that I, so I have some favorite chapters. I want you to know. <laughs> that's you. <laughs> and uh, so chapter six is one of my favorite chapters, and that's the control-alt-delete. And um, you talked about 
unlearning some things, and that's what we were just talking about in some ways about, okay, what about you? So, and I know you talked a little bit about this in the book, some things that you had to unlearn. Uh, when when you are working with people, what are some of the common things that you notice people have to unlearn? Ooh, um I, I would say that probably most common the the need to have a plan for everything, and I think control comes into play here. We have to wear many hats, whether it's as an entrepreneur or as a business, uh, you know, a manager in a business. We have rarely will we have just one task, and so it can be really easy to feel very overwhelmed because you've got so much going on and that will prohibit you from doing certain things really well. And on learning that behavior of, you know what, you don't have to have control of everything. You can either delegate or you can push things off or do things in phases. So long as you're still getting to your end goal in a timely manner that helps to keep the momentum going you will get there and you will get there with more success than if you were to have taken on too many things, put too many things on your plate. So I would say on learning uh, that notion of, of control or having to do it all is one of them. Um, the, the notion of not being enough is a big one. We have somehow learned that along the way that we are not enough, that we are not worthy, that we cannot fully go for what it is we want to do because it's not within the realm of possibility. And those types of limiting beliefs will keep you small. And when you're small, not only are you preventing yourself from dreaming big, but you're not doing big and you're doing yourself a huge disservice. And so to unlearn those limiting thoughts and beliefs, and oftentimes they manifest into actions. And so paying conscious attention to what it is you're telling yourself, the thoughts that go through your head in the day, the actions that you take that actually prevent you from moving forward. Um, journaling is a great tool for that. Taking a look at what those thoughts and actions are and countering them with more productive, healthier, positive thoughts and actions. Um, also a big one in the, with the clientele that I work with. Yeah, that's just so amazing because it's at least I find it, especially for myself, it's so easy easy for me to absorb so much information. And I was saying this uh, in an earlier episode that I had to minimize and sometimes stop reading certain things, like certain magazines and um, just watching certain things on TV because it was almost perpetuating the what I learned as a kid from outside sources. You know, wait until your time. You have to be a certain age to do something. Right. So, yeah, it, it, it runs deep. It does. And it's, you know, ingrained in our culture, in our families, the way our parents were raised. I mean, it's <clears throat> subconsciously, it's, it's there and it's part of our DNA. And it's not impossible to reverse, but it does take some work. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Which leads me to another chapter, which I, I just adore this. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Simply put. Love it. Simple. Love it. And one thing that one of the things that stuck out to me, just like, boom, right to the heart was uh, complacement rather than complete. 
And I have, oh my gosh, I have seen this so many times, especially amongst female entrepreneurs who get complacent. And this is even in life where they may be with someone who is good for them, but, you know, some things change. And then, you know, now, unfortunately, that person isn't good for them anymore or the job where they're staying too long because they just think maybe something may change or they are afraid of change. So I thought that was huge. I'd rather be complete than complacent. It is. It's a a game changer. When you shift your mentality to one of completion, you're, and again, I know I, I keep falling back on thoughts and actions, but when you're in the right mindset and you've determined that, you know, I, this is what I'm going for. I want to feel complete. Your thoughts and actions do follow suit. It's going to take some effort. You're going to have to make some conscious choices. But when you put your mind to it, um, there's really not a whole hell of a lot that gets in your way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a- absolutely. And I think it's when you are really harnessing that hunger, when you're just like, I have to do this, as you have expressed in the book, I have to go for something greater. I have to explore this option. It just, like like you said, that, that's it. Nothing, nothing will get in your way. It may seem like you have an obstacle, but no, nah. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. So when you were talking about your hunger in in the book and when you had to um, regroup. I just want to talk about some of the feelings behind that because, as we were saying earlier, there's a lot of cognitive things that happen, and in your book you discuss emotional intelligence. So when you were in the process of really thinking, okay, now I'm going to focus on being a wedding planner and so forth, what were some of the emotions that kept you going? Oh, that is, I like that question. What are some of the emotions that kept me going? I really, more than anything, hate being bored. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. boredom is definitely a fuel to my fire. And if I feel that I'm getting stagnant, that my professional or personal growth is being stunted, I get very uncomfortable and um, I, I want to change something, whether it's my hair or my job or, you know, where I'm living, like something is got to get. And <laughs> yeah. I, I typically, you know, I'll start with my hair. I'll see if that helps. But ultimately, I know that that's the beginning of a bigger change. And it takes some time to get, sometimes to kind of, you know, like you said, regroup and get my thoughts together and figure out what that change is really going to be. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to to jump too far ahead without thinking. And this doesn't mean that I necessarily need a plan, a full plan set in place, but I need to have at least considered my options. Mm-hmm. And that thought of, you know, is this a good move? Am I going to be challenged personally or professionally? Do I, you know, does this move resonate with me? Does it empower me? Do I know what actions I need to take to get there? And is it lucrative? Yes, then I'm going to go for it. It, it may not be the, my end-all, be-all move, but it's, it's what I need right now. And those feelings of, you know, I just feeling confident that I do need a change mm-hmm. really prompts me to, to feel comfortable in making the shift. 
I absolutely love that. Yeah. And I I think that some people don't look at it like that, you know, when they imply the or apply the the real method and things like that. I think that some people look too short term is that if that's even possible, sometimes we think about the long term thing like you were saying. And uh, Tony Robbins put it really well, too, where he said people underestimate what they can do in a year and overestimate what they do in 10 years. I believe that's how it went. Mm-hmm. But um, Or maybe the reverse. But anyway, <laughs> it's just like people underestimate a lot of things about themselves, and they're not really in tune with their emotions. And, and that's one of the things I really wanted to bring home here is that uh, it's okay to – you know, feel frustrated, all the things you were talking about in your book. And and I thought, wow, I really wish this was taught in more schools. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it's, it's crazy because we are so many roles now. I mean, you just are expected to be able to connect with people. And even if you're working all day behind a screen or crunching numbers, people want to connect with businesses. They want to connect with the platforms they use. They want to connect with people. They want to know that people are on the other end and that they are genuine. And when that type of connection or emotional intelligence, being willing to feel vulnerable, being okay with not having the answers all the time, being comfortable that it's okay to be frustrated. We don't need to have all the answers. We are. We need to learn because we will not grow if we just keep doing what we've always been doing we need to push the envelope and that type of stuff isn't necessarily taught in school I mean I think these are lessons that you can learn in your school days but definitely I think there's room to improve our system to make sure that we are more thoughtful emotionally intelligent genuine people so that we were when we're out in the real world we can survive (laughs) yeah right (laughs) yeah survive is yes exactly exactly yeah no absolutely which leads me to something that really blew my mind is when you talked about you know speaking of you know on those emotions is uh the fear of failure but also that shame portion and then i really thought about the shame portion of just the fear alone, not even when you fail, just the fear of it and the possibility like, oh, man, you know, I'm going to feel or look like this. So did you also feel like, man, if I, if I keep going, you know, and, and maybe I get it right, but gosh, what if that shame pops up? There was, there was some of that when I first started. This is something I struggled with more in college. I've done a lot of work on myself and really actively try and make sure that I leave every year better than when I entered it. And that shame definitely was like a cloud over my head when I was younger. It prevented me from trying a lot of things, from feeling comfortable and taking risks or just putting myself out there at the risk of looking stupid, at the risk of people not liking me. And when I got to university, um, Something had, had shifted and I, you know, I, I, something, it sounds so abstract. I mean, a lot of work was done to make that shift. Um, but now I would say it's not necessarily something I struggle with regularly, but when I did start my coaching practice, as I mentioned, right, anyone and everyone can call themselves a coach. And I went through that thought process of, okay, what if I, what if I start and 
people just don't see the value in what I'm doing or who am I to call myself a coach and who am I to talk about success to CEOs of companies like this just sounds ridiculous and that negative talk that shame or the fear of shame of just you know if this doesn't work and I've put myself out there and I'm saying hey I can do this and I can't that stopped me from launching my website. It stopped me from creating some content. It really just slowed down the whole process until I was working with my coach. And as we talk about in the book, she really encouraged me to take a, an honest assessment of what I've done in my professional career, what I've done in my personal life. And I've, when I mapped that out, it was shocking in the best of ways that I am far more capable and credible than I had given myself credit for. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, we will, as I mentioned, we're, we're kind of our own worst critics and we will get in our way. And that's definitely what I was doing. I was just getting in my own way. That fear of failure, that feel of shame was preventing me from fully stepping into my power. And it took that, you know, external person, again, whether it's a coach or a partner, whoever, but it took that conversation for me to be like, no, I'm actually pretty legit. Like I've got some right. skills to bring to the table. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you, you are legit. You do deserve it. But yeah, we need to have more of those conversations. We do. And that, you know, those conversations are not going to come from staying in your own head. Mm-hmm. You're limited to your own beliefs, to the information that you have. And part of, you know, growing and letting go of that shame is letting yourself be vulnerable and opening your mind to new opportunities and perspectives that will really help shift you into the mindset of success. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, because that is something that is is much needed i mean on a subconscious level on a conscious level (laughs) just all the way around and i really would love to see more of that and i think it it will happen as time goes on and people embrace more of that conversation because we do have to be vulnerable you know we do have to say our thoughts and our feelings and our hopes and our dreams but with the the right people which leads me to another point in your book who is killing my vibe and this is one of the things that I am just so near and dear to because we really have to not only be conscious of who we're hanging around, but we also have to figure out what are the other things that are killing our vibe that we're maybe not being fully aware of or maybe fully acknowledging. Definitely. There's, you know, everything from the content or advertisements or you know, things that we consume in our daily lives, the people we surround ourselves with, to the opportunities that we don't take, to the situations that we put ourselves in, everything contributes to your vibe, to what, how you feel internally and what you're then putting out, you know, what externally you're giving back to the world. And there's, there's a lot to consider, but there's so much goodness in this world that if you are conscious about it, your vibe can be elevated relatively quickly. Yeah, and what I have learned is too, and, and I had to 
deal with this on a personal level about raising my vibration. I had to really figure out what I want to do with my life, who are the people I'm hanging around, and what is it that's really lighting up my world? Like, like what are the things that I truly love to do, and how do I see myself going forward? And I think that once we are able to really understand our personal vibe, then we can understand the vibe that we give off and and why we attract certain things in our life. I think that's a good point. We, you know, this is where some introspection or internal listening will really help as well is understanding why do we feel this way or think this way. And it's sometimes easy to point the finger and say, oh, you know, that person made me feel this way or, or I saw this and then I felt that. But understanding, getting to the root of it, of why it's affecting you, why it's bringing you down, then you can start to to better position yourself and make better, maybe not better, but different decisions that will bring you up instead. Right, exactly. And it really has me thinking about, like you said, the decisions we're making and what we we are telling ourselves. And I know that you mentioned journaling. So when you are in the process of helping people to, it seems like unloading their mind, uh, what are some of the other things you recommend to help them get over that hump? Of the hump of yes, yeah, yeah, so, so the, the hump of when they are focusing on their vibe and giving off, yeah, that uh, limited beliefs because, well, the way I understood it is when I was reading is that when we had those limited beliefs, our vibe is just, it's just like all, I want to say staticky, but then when we are able to um, really break down those patterns, understand why we have those limiting beliefs, then our vibe changes, so I wanted to um, understand the process of that. Right. So there are a couple ways I do this. Um, journaling is a, you know, is a big one. I think uh, even if it's never shared with me, which doesn't have to be with my clients, but just to have it out of their head and onto paper alone sometimes will prompt some pretty interesting realizations. And we can sometimes put things off in our own mind. As much as we can overthink, we can also ignore certain things quite easily. Mm-hmm. And by not ignoring it and putting it out into the world, um, you have to come face to face with it, literally, if it's on the screen or on the paper. And as scary as that can be, it becomes easier to deal with when you know what you're looking at and what you're working with. So that, that format of, of journaling or writing things out, I find really helpful. I also really like a word cloud exercise, which I do with a lot of my clients. So um, depending on, you know, whether it's a personal or professional blocker that we're talking about, I ask them to think of five to 10 words of where they're at today and then step away, clear your mind, whether it's for 10 minutes or, you know, the next day, come back and think about five to 10 words that explain where you want to be, ideally. And we get a pretty interesting side-by-side of reality versus the ideal. Mm-hmm. And then we can start thinking about what's getting in the way. 
what is it that's preventing you from going from column left to the column on the right? And let's start breaking those down into actionable chunks. So, you know, one of the things I talk about, maybe it's I'm really not happy with where I'm at and I'd love to live elsewhere. But my whole family is here and, you've, you know, my life is here, my job is here, and you've convinced yourself that you just can't move. But in your ideal column, you're living on a beach or you're living somewhere completely different. You want to cross the state. Mm-hmm. And it just seems so impossible. What, what limiting beliefs are keeping you there? And what do you have to do to break that cycle? And we start breaking it down into baby steps so that the idea of it, you can actually start to entertain it. And when you do so, you start thinking that you can do it. And then your, your momentum and your vibe naturally and organically shifts because by taking action every single day, no matter how large or small, you're proving to yourself that it is a possibility. And it's that belief of, you know what? I think I might actually be able to do this. That eventually becomes, I can do this. And eventually becomes, oh, I'm doing it. <laughs> like this. Yeah, I love that. Yes, actionable steps. And you know what? You're so right. It's just, we don't give ourselves enough credit. And then once we break it down, like you said, it's like, wait, I am doing it. This is real. Exactly. Wow. Amazing. Love it. So <clears throat> I know in, in your bio, you, you, you mentioned um, bossing up movement. And I thought, whoa, this sounds amazing. So what are some of the things people can expect from the bossing up movement? What's the wave that's going on? (laughs) Oh, I love that you asked. So the bossing up movement, um, it is, you know, what started as a Facebook group, honestly, for people to share their wins and share their losses and their resources and the tips that they have. And really, the group is to help each other succeed. And it has grown and taken a life of its own. And I honestly could not be more proud of the members. But, and if I'm being honest, I'll give myself a pat on the back here. Really proud of myself. Because when I started, I wanted more than anything to work with people to show them their full potential and to help them achieve it. And this group, without my direct intervention, but with the tools that I've put in place and that the members have continued to build upon is doing that day in and day out. And people are helping each other. They're meeting outside the Facebook community in their respective cities and really taking this, this bossing up mentality of, Oh yeah, I'm going to do it. And who's with me into their own lives and contributing content, um, giving back to their communities, meeting with other members to help them build their projects and businesses. And it is this notion of, you know, just what the book is about is, is harnessing that hunger and creating opportunities for success, not just for yourself, but for others as well, that has started this collective of people who just want to do good for this world. And I'm in awe every day. That is just beautiful. I love it. I love it. Like, I'm just... You know, I, I just felt it as you were talking about it. And I have to say, Samantha is in Canada, and I am in the U.S. So imagine when she says people are meeting up, it is 
literally worldwide, like international here. So <laughs> it is, which is so exciting. Very, very much so. So any final words you want to give to people who are looking to harness their energy, create success, just be part of the bossing up wave? Parting words. My, I think, you know, I've got a lot of, a lot of opinions <laughs> on this topic. Obviously, I've got 328 pages worth of opinions. <laughs> yeah. But I will say that, you know, this is very cliche, but where there is a will, there is a way. And if you do not see that way right now it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist it just means that that door is not open yet and do not wait for it to open you've got to go charging through and do not feel ashamed if you need help to do so because at some point along every part of every one of our journeys we have needed help and it's how collectively we will make this world a better place awesome and again, her book is Bossing Up. I will put her uh, website link in the description for this episode, so make sure you get it. Take your time. Highlight, you know, write notes, all that jazz, okay? Make sure that you soak in all that knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thank you, Spiritual Trailblazer, for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and rate. And until next time, love and blessings. Thank you for joining Spiritual Living and Empowerment with Tia Johnson. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in to the next show. Want to continue the conversation with Tia? Follow her on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at Tia underscore Johnson underscore. Have a wonderful day filled with many blessings. Thank you for joining Spiritual Living and